Hey everybody, welcome to the Blister Podcast, a program dedicated to interesting people, the great outdoors, and a bunch of other stuff we like, including alpacas, which you'll hear more about in this episode. Anyway, I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check us out online at blisterreview.com. As many of you know, we just got back from a week-long review trip from Mount Bachelor in Bend, Oregon. And while we were in Bend, we went to pay a visit to one of the best big mountain skiers of all time, Sage Catabriga Alosa. Paul Forward and I headed over to the Catabriga Ranch, which is the name Sage has given to his place in Bend. Sage also calls it his dream spot, and that's a really perfect description of the place. And just in case you didn't already know this, Sage is basically just the best, and this conversation is simply more evidence of that. We talk about a whole bunch of topics, including kids, ski racing, intuition, and yes, alpacas, but I found it particularly fascinating to hear Sage talk about his preparation, how cautious he claims to be in the mountains, which isn't exactly obvious given that Sage has thrown down some of the heaviest lines anyone has skied in Alaska. For Sage, skiing is simply fun, but big mountain skiing, the stuff you see him doing in his film segments, that's all about problem solving. So if you think he's out there just hucking his meat with abandon, you're going to need to think again after you've listened to this conversation. It's a great one with an unbelievable skier and a super interesting guy, and we hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. And now, here's Sage. Well, we're very happy to uh, be here um, at the ranch. Should we call this a ranch? Yeah, well, technically it's not, because you have to have <laughs> livestock to have a ranch, and a farm, you have to be growing crops. So, we, we, but we kind of, we our, our current moniker is the Catabriga Ranch. Catabriga That's sort of just our running title until we does, actually does, start having, you know, either animals or farming. Does Frank not count as livestock? No, I don't think he counts. <laughs> Frank the dog doesn't count as uh, He's too much indoor. <laughs> um, well, this is a beautiful spot, Thanks. and we are very happy to be here yeah. um, and uh dream spot for me for sure uh, too many years of kind amazing. of like yeah, just wanting to find that spot where we were going to settle down and have all the things we need at our fingertips and then with the girls I, I needed recreation in the backyard too you know for for them but also for me when when i knew when they were babies i was like oh boy i'm not gonna have very big windows to recreate, yeah. so I got nine holes of disc golf, <laughs> got a bike track, numerous that. other, you know, like slack line and long games, <laughs> and knife throwing and stuff like that. You don't ever have to but, leave. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so how, how did you guys are here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how did you, how did you land on Bend? I mean, it, I mean, if you spend any time here, it, that may seem like a dumb question, but. No, but yeah, I mean. I guess it basically came down to it was just the perfect kind of combination for my wife and I of what we both needed. She's not a skier. She grew up in Illinois, and we met when she was living in San Francisco and huh. moved to Portland. We lived there together kind of as our relationship sort of grew, and we got married there. And so at that point, it was like we were looking for, all right, we're we're committed. we got to let's find that spot that works kind of for, for the both of us. And... Um, for me, I can only kind of live in a few places, really, that have skiing in the backyard. And um, and we were just like, we we tried Jackson, Tahoe, you know, we were just like, where are all these? I lived in Utah at the time, we tried there. And it just, 
you know, it just wasn't really, weren't really fighting. And Ben kind of was just, just clicked one day. I think Annie brought it up. She was like, what about Bend? And it really, we had friends here already. There's a, that's, you know, smaller town, sense of community here, lots of recreation, but it's not just like Mm -hmm. a ski town. And I like that. I like that there's, there's a lot of people that do a lot of different things here and it isn't just skiing. I feel, I don't know. It's nice. We're all, we're all nodding, uh, nodding kind of vigorously in agreement. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I know what you mean. Yeah. So then it, and it kind of was like a surprise to even to me or to us as well. You know, I was like, Oh wait, yeah, Ben is kind of perfect. Yeah. It doesn't have like the gnarliest mountains, but there are some gnarly mountains and they're just not the ski area. And, um, and I just, you know, when I was 20, I needed like Alta or whatever, something in my backyard that was just to like train and just get gnarly at. But now I just want to go skiing and I just want to have fun and I still want to push myself and I get to, as since this is my job, I get to travel still. Although this year, because I got injured, this is the first year I haven't gone anywhere but huh. skiing in one place. So huh. I backcountry ski and cruised around here and explored a little bit before yeah. I got hurt, but um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to like, and I kind of feel great about it. So, yeah, and we're we're uh, as we're sitting here, you're sitting in a uh, a boot. Yeah, um, pretty dirty, scuffed up. It's pretty worn out. There's <clears throat> chips, wood chips, and it's like a rancher's dirt. Boot. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the story? When when did this injury happen? It happened in kind of uh, like mid late February. Um, and I was just yeah, skiing at Bachelor. It was a situation where it had gotten really warm. Everything had kind of frozen. New snow had come in. A higher mountain was skiing pretty good. And I got a little... I think I only had done one run. Um, and just kind of got a little like, oh, it's pretty good. Like, surprisingly good for being, like, ice not that long ago. But then low down on the mountain, I just made this, like, quick decision to, like, hit this feature that I always kind of hit that wasn't... I hadn't checked it out yet. I just carved like super hard across the groomer and to kind of like get up to the features, like a big rock kind of pile thing that you can like, almost it's like a straight up kicker, you know, like a big backflip jump type thing. And, uh, as I go to ski up it, there's like a curb kind of created from the groomer and I just like skied right into it thinking that I would just like bust through some like soft snow and it was like ice and it was like a foot and a half tall ice curb on the, just where the groomer and the pow met or the edge of the snow met. And so I just instantly, like, kind of face-planted into the, like, face of the kicker, pretty much, and knew something was hurt. I was with Lucas Wax, who's, like, a local, another professional skier, awesome yeah. dude here. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, oh, no. He's like, are you okay? I was like, no, I could tell something. I thought maybe my tib-fib broke. And uh. I was like, no, no, I think I'm okay. It just feels like my calf. I just pulled a calf. And then I went to go ski down, and... I felt like I was in like high heels, yeah. but I was just standing flat. I was like, "Ooh, something! If, why do I feel like I'm standing on my toes mm-hmm. when I'm standing on my heel? That's not good." So, yeah, um, turns out it was torn and got it fixed, and now just healing up. Torn ligaments. So, well, the yeah, the kind of Achilles tendon. So oh. torn tendon. Oh, so and I just they just. Full, I didn't full know you rupture. did your Achilles. You full, yeah, you fully ruptured, like separated yeah. it, like balled up in your. It didn't ball up. If it balls up, it means it just comes disattached yep. from the, you know. Right. But this was just it's oh, shredded. Okay. 
Got it. Okay. As the doc said, it, okay. it's like crab meat in there. <laughs> and then to fix it, it's like tying two mops together. I love that analogy. I was like, all right. It's pretty graphic. Like, <laughs> you take one mop and you're going to tie it to another one. So I'm like, yeah, a little over two months out now. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of crazy because I've, yeah, whatever, 15 years of doing this as a career and I've never really had an injury. I was actually in Girdwood and in like a February Girdwood trip Mm -hmm. 10 years ago maybe and I hurt my knee. I thought I blew Mm -hmm. it but it was just an MCL strain Uh and six weeks later I was back in Alaska like on another trip. I forget where we were. Probably at Haynes or something. So that was like my only sort of non just like kind of banged up injury and uh so to have like so many years of just kind of skirting by and then this year is sort of interesting because you know my wife and i have two kids we have yeah. twins we have so it was like oh okay a little downtime home and it's kind of serendipitous yeah yeah exactly exactly so um it's i kind of haven't really even hasn't really bothered me you know the initial kind of impact of like fear mm-hmm. of like What's this going to mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was definitely took a little time to wear off, but once I did, I was sort of like, oh, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll heal up. I mean, in some ways, the remarkable thing is given where you ski and given how you ski, that we're talking about kind of the first time in yeah. 10, 15 years. I'm pretty cautious out there. <laughs> I mean, so that's kind of the question I want to ask. Like, you don't exactly look, you don't, you don't necessarily look cautious. So how much of this are we, should we rightly subscribe to just dumb luck versus like, no, dude, like actually really like I, I really try to size up what I'm getting into. It's got to be a little bit of both because you know how skiing is. It's like, there's so many situations where you have just these super close calls where you're just like something happens and you're just miraculously fine like you know like you just like you hit some air you know just something weird happens there's a cat track comes out of nowhere and you hit it and go over the bars double eject like front flip and a half and you're totally fine or you, you know how it is it's just like endless kind of string of like things tomahawk a thousand feet down a face yeah exactly oh, I can't believe I'm not pretty much totally fine yeah so um there's definitely some dumb luck to it and i guess um i've been real lucky i feel with so much support from like oh you know the the cash support sponsor support being able to like go to alaska for so many years and have somebody being i mean the only reason i've like yeah been able to have experience and go up there and do what i do is because i've had the opportunity it's like you give anybody the opportunity they're going to get good at doing that and um so i feel like because of that because it wasn't like i just this is my first and only year in alaska i gotta go for it. Uh, i go up there and just like i don't know i'm just here to like ski and i'll see what happens i'm not doing anything i might go the whole trip and just be a client like we'll see you know that's kind of my like mentality mm-hmm. is to like i'm taking it easy until i know like no now's the time like i can push it and i feel like i walk away from a lot and take it too easy maybe sometimes and nothing really happens and so if we asked <laughs> if we asked the people that you tend to get 
who go you go out with yeah. in AK, would they would they be nodding in agreement with what you're saying, or would they be shaking their head <laughs> no? <laughs> honest, <laughs> uh, be, uh, they would have to. They would have to. Maybe a little both. <laughs> they would agree, though. I mean, like last year, for instance, the last guy was there like two weeks. I basically didn't even. I got like two shots. You know, I didn't even really have a segment in the movie because. I was just sort of like, eh, I'm here for a month, I got plenty of time, I'm just going to take it easy, I'm going to wait and see, I'm going to wait, and I just never really kind of, I was scared when I was like, what, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not comfortable yet with this snowpack, I'm, and then until I've, but there's been times when I've been up there when I'm, oh, I'm 100% confident in the snowpack, and nothing's going to happen, I can ski over exposure, and, and so there's like years when, it's just been too sketchy and scary and I just don't really, you know, maybe there's one little thing that happens that's cool but makes the movie, but um, the years that, like, stuff has really gone down have been when it's just, like, like when we were in, you know, kind of our first year in the Neocolas and it was just, like, <laughs> nothing is moving. Like, we've been, it was, like, we were skied the same snow for three weeks. It was, like, one storm and reconsolidated and so after, you know, the first week we're like, oh, no, that's too rocky and that's, and then, like, three weeks in, it was, like, lines we were stepping away from, like, the first week when there was even more snow and it, like, melted out a little, you know, we were like, oh, no, I'll ski above those huge cliffs, sure, no problem, you know, but I wouldn't do that if I... So I feel like it's a, it's a bit of both, for sure, like, yeah. He's looking at me because the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, you know, working in that world up there, a lot of people see the movies and they see guys, like, if you make it, A, look so easy, I mean you make it look so good and so easy. And I think people are like, Oh, that looks pretty doable. And I was wondering what your, what your, what you would say about like, just how much like time and money and calculation and years go into skiing. Like one of those lines that make yeah. the movie. Yeah. A lot for sure. And, and I mean, and it's different for everybody. I think like there's definitely some guys who go push it a little more, a little quicker. And, and that's, I guess, um, my friend Jim Zellers, a North Face athlete, snowboarder, mm -hmm. father, he, he, he pointed it out to me and I didn't really think about it this way, but it definitely is. He's like, there's kind of two ways to get good at stuff. And there's either you get good really quick, but then have these like big kind of like upsets where mm -hmm. things happen and then you got to kind of re you know, heal or go through it yeah. again, or you can kind of just slowly get better and better and. I feel like that's kind of, and you can kind of avoid injury, avoid accidents, and in yeah. that projector, you know, that trajectory is a little easier. And um, some people just they go for it a little harder, and they get really good, and the and shit might work out most of the time. But when it doesn't, it, it's a big, big loss and a big setback. So um, yeah, I don't. I, so there's definitely, I mean, like there's so much. Yeah, like kind of saying no and preparation that goes into those lot into the big big stuff and and often you know the again it's like the like you said just the amount of time I mean I've spent months and months I mean years of my life have been spent in Alaska yeah. fifteen years I did for some years it was two trips yeah there was like it was anywhere from three to five weeks every year for fifteen years of going up there and yeah. And so many, you know, some years it would be like 70 runs. And out of 70 runs, like three of them make the movie or, you know, maybe five of them make the movie, but three of them are like the ones. For a month of being there or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. that much time. Yeah. So, um, and so some of it's, yeah, the, the fortunate, you know, 
to be able to go and to have the support to go time and time again, yeah. um, to be able to, the luxury, I guess. And I mean, it's good cause it's your safety, it's your life, mm-hmm. but there is a luxury of just being able to like, eh, not today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I look back and it's like, Jesus, like ridiculously mellow and could have made it push a little okay. more, but you know, <laughs> you just don't see all the mellow stuff. Goes anywhere, but it, okay. But it's yeah. But I. But if we looked at kind of bodies of work, you know, if we if we were going to put, this is super interesting to hear you talk about. Like I've kind of chosen this this I don't know slower, steadier. But like if we put your body of work up, um, let's say seven minutes versus some other people's seven minutes. I think you're going to do pretty well, right? (laughs) And, and, um, and I really think that's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. The, so for you to tell this story, which is why I'm like, would the people with you be buying this or are they be like calling bullshit? Yeah, they would. They they see that I'm, that I take my time and that I, you know, I like to, when I know it's basically the way I look at it is I quickly learned about kind of using my intuition and it, went from like when you just like know like I gotta go do this right now and it started for me when my ski career started basically I was here in Bend I was living Hmm. here as I was like a college kid and I just met Chris Collins he he was just filmed with TGR he'd done like a double backflip over Chad's Gap and like yeah so like (laughs) I just meet this guy and I'm like oh my god holy cow this guy's crazy and then I ski with him a few days here maybe a month later I just get this, like, I'm out camping with my friends, and I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to Mount Hood. And it was just like this wave hit me. Like, I had to go do it. And I went to Mount Hood, and I skied all day. And at the end of the day, I see these dudes with camera packs, and I'm like, hey, what are you guys, who's that? What are you doing? Oh, hey, oh, Chris, holy cow, it's Chris. And I'm like, hey, hey, you know, like, what do you do? Can I hang out with you? And they were going to build this huge jump. They built this, like, step up to step down. They had, like, some Euro dudes. It was, like, Yoon Olsen. And and Yoon did, like, this 1080 up it and then, like, a switch 180 off of it or 900. I don't even know what he did. But it was, like, some, you know, blew my mind. And I got to hang out with these guys. And they basically recruited me to Utah. And then I started hanging with them. And it was, like... It was like this weird... I looked back, I was like, whoa, that was a crazy moment. And then I was in Utah the next year, and we were building Pyramid Gap, and I was just a dude on the crew, and we... I'm, I get this, like, we hit it one day, the next day they're bringing the heli, TGRs, they're filming, and I have this, like, vision of the double front flip, and I never tried one, and I, like visualized it in the dish pit while I was watching, you know, washing dishes. I just stopped. I got goosebumps. I felt like I did it in my mind. The next day, I, like, walked out on my dish job. Like, I didn't walk out for, like, the year, but I basically, like, bailed early. Left the guy coming in at 5 o'clock, like, kind of hosed because I left at, like, 9 instead of, like, staying until 11 or whatever. I was like, there's something I got to do. Went and just, like, tried this double front, and it worked, and made the movie. And it was like, so there's, like, there's another thing. And mm-hmm. so it was really early I learned that, like, when the shit's going to go down, you know. You will know. If you don't know, like, if you're not, like, really sure, it's not the time. And then, so I just wait. Hmm. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. When... <laughs> 
I mean, and all the big lines in AK have all gone like that too. Like every time, it's like something. It's like, it's like no, no, no. Oh, I got to do something right now. So, yeah. <laughs> Is there a generalization when you are hitting some of these lines? I, I honestly, and Paul and I have talked about this a bit, but I honestly am just like, I don't know how the hell you guys keep track of where you are on a spine or on a face and like I feel like that is I'm starting to wonder if that is truly just experience or whether certain people just have kind of a more natural knack where it's like yeah I'm gonna ski down there's that rock you know and I know I gotta get sneak right of that thing because honestly like that to me it's yeah I don't know it's still hard I find that it's still it's always hard it's not something I necessarily get that much better at I figure there's like little tools that I use and I think maybe to get good at that there's a few the experience of like of yeah especially scale like so in Alaska it's kind of different but I feel like this is all the time like you see something and then you go up and it looks totally different it could be like a forest run it could be a pillow line the like wait, where am I? You're on a cornice ridge. You're like, oh yeah, that's super easy. Look, there's just this bump there and I'll just get right, you can walk right to the edge and then you're up there and you're like, wait, <laughs> this is like, looks like a huge cornice now. I looked like a tiny little thing and I'm just going to walk, where, where was that spot? And so there is the experience of sort of having that trial and error happen and then and then ways to like figure out problem solving through it and, and landmarking and like visual visualization and like, I mean, ski racing, I feel like, kind of helped me in a way because mm. I would just, like, ski racing, you're visualizing, you're memorizing the course, you're thinking about, you're, you're kind of looking, you're going through it, you know, you have this, like, much greater kind of, like, touch and feel yeah. little thing, but um, and it's a similar way. You're, you're kind of visualizing where you're going to make turns, and in the big mountain skiing, it's more like, where does it matter that I make a turn? Like, where does, doesn't it matter? Don't worry about that. But where does it matter? Like, where's my slough going to go if I make a turn here? And, and so the, the kind of scoping can sort of give you, okay, if I do this, where's the planning? You know, that definitely comes from experience as well. And you're thinking, well, if it, I mean, and it can be like if, if there's like a roller as you go in, the difference of like five or ten feet of where you make your first turn could change your whole run. And so that's something that's like hard to just be good at. You kind of need practice because you don't realize that one little turn of slept. Sometimes I'll just like, like not even really make a real turn because I know <laughs> that if I just like make a real turn, so much slough could go that it could cause like a bunch of snow to move. But if you just kind of make a fake turn and then the next turn and then you have like you got 20 seconds before you're creating slough instead of it's already over it's already happening and so those little like subtleties of just way you're pushing around the snow and where i've used the you know technology a lot cameras and the the sort of flipping stuff in your head and looking at so on lines i go like landmarks like three things like that's where i want to start how do i get to where i want to start and then like where's a crux that i'd like there was a critical turn or a critical move and then where's like the exit or where's maybe an alternate exit and where's your island safety and like you kind of go through those things and and then you get to the top and you're like okay well I've, I did a good job of like remembering how I was going to get to the entrance because I paid like really close attention to some little rock or everything looks the same or you know and then we have technology to double yeah. check you can radio somebody and 
So that's helpful. But I like to be like super, like I'm like, this is the spot. I know it is. Am I on the right spot? Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, and sometimes perspective, somebody looking at you is like, no, you're on a huge cornice. And you're like, no, I'm not. It just looks like it from where you are, but I'm actually good. And so sometimes it doesn't always help. But uh, yeah, I think those, those combos of kind of like, and I'll use the photos. I did this like slough mapping, like where I'd go into Photoshop <laughs> and I would like basically like look at the fall lines and spines and I would just start like with the paintbrush, just like if I made a turn here, paintbrush down, made a turn here, made a turn here. Oh, now third turn intersects with like eighth turn. Oh boy, okay, that's a slough, pro- you know. And so then it gets really complicated looking at photos and you like actually drew the lines. Yeah, that's like use cool. the paintbrush yeah, yeah. in Photoshop. <laughs> that's to, like, awesome. Move and make it like where would the snow go? Yeah. Oh, we do that all the time. Like we look at pictures and we're like, yeah, it's gonna get you on you if you go here. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Your first turns are cool, but if you yeah. so then you like third turn, all you do is make a fake turn there and do a hard right instead of a hard left, and then you're good on eight turn eight. You know, that little... comes from a lot of experience. Yeah. Being, I bet you probably didn't do that your first trip up there. No. <laughs> no. And I look back at like there was a miraculous moment like. The first year we I went to Alaska, we went to Valdez, and I skied the wall. I skied yeah. like, it's the ed, this edge of the world line, and yeah. I just dropping in like yeah, I'm partying. There's kind of a little air in the middle, and it's right before you kind of are on this big flank, and then there's like a flank change where you have to kind of race to this next spot to get up onto the flank, and then you're safe. It's like your slough can't get you after that because you're kind of it's going either side. But there's a spot, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit this air. And I think, like, oh, maybe I'll do a 360. And I'm just like, yeah, no, maybe I'll just do straight air and do some grab or something. And land and get to the next little, like, hump. And then I'm just partying. And meanwhile, there's, like, 300 foot of, like, plume of, like, snow going off this cliff. And it's just following me, you know. And I'm just partying down. And it's like, woo, that was awesome. And then I watched the footage and there was, like, had I done a 360, had I crashed. I would have been like, my slough was right on my tail, and I didn't even really know it. I was just like ignorant bliss skiing, you know, and just like, do my thing. And I got away with it, and, and it was a good that I didn't like. There was another moment where I was like, could have pushed it a little more, but didn't really need to. And if I did and it would have gone wrong, it was like a critical point, and I didn't even know that at that point. You have this cool balance between being like, very intuitive and following your intuition, but then being super calculated about what you're... And, and that's probably <clears throat> part of your success, I would think, huh? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely... It's... Yeah, it's not 100% on the intuition, because <laughs> your gut feeling is something. But yeah, there's the, the calculation. Intuition's not drawing slough lines on no, the computer. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so... And I think I... And I love that aspect of skiing, that, like, problem-solving. Yeah. And it's partly figuring out, like, what you can do. You know, like, Macintosh and I, for instance, like, we look at stuff where, you know, he's an amazing big mountain skier, but he, we, and one of my favorite mountain partners, and we fit really well together, and we look at, we want to ski similar terrain. We love the technical, the gnarly, the stuff, but way we ski it is so different. And so the way, certain lines that he looks at, like, I'm just like, What? No, and, and then he'll do that, you know, like super techie, weird little like dancing lines. And I want, and he's just like, "What? You're gonna go where? How? And I don't see, you know." So it's cool to to see how that like kind of works for different people in different ways. That's super cool. <clears throat> Let's back it up. Um, I'm so happy you brought up ski racing. Yeah, because this is something that 
again, Paul and I have been talking about more and more. Um, uh, I think, not sure if this is true, but I wonder if people who, you know, are big fans of yours and have kind of followed your stuff, I wonder if they know about the kind of some of that race background. And I, I just still think and it's become a weird personal mission to sort of overcome this divide. It's like, yeah, yeah, you get the racers on the one hand. And then there's like, and frankly, like, I think for might be a generalization to say like, and then there's like the cool big mountain stuff. And just like, I don't, I can't, I can't make that divide anymore in terms of like the big mountain stuff is cool. The racing stuff like, eh, like, I just think like people operating at a high level, you know, whether it's on, you know, uh, water injected ice versus, or, you know, spines, it's remarkable. And, and I, I wonder, it seems like you're yet another example. Um, Angel's another great example, right? Um, she didn't just start, you know, nuking around on big mountain lines one day. It's like, there's this significant training in the background. And I don't know, I don't know where we are, honestly, in terms of like getting a bit of a, that sort of race foundation, how critical you think that is. If you think it's, you know, most important just to be getting a lot of reps, you know, at a young age, and maybe you're doing that in the park, maybe you're doing that on a free ride team. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, at the time, for like me as a kid, there was no free ride team. Yeah. There was no any of that. You know, there wasn't even like a train park or anything. So it was, there was only like racing and moguls. And yep. So it was kind of a different. So then, yeah, you kind of like had to have racing in your background for it to work. Because And if you look at like almost all any big mountain skier, Todd Laguerre, or yep. Ralphs, or Novus, or you know, it's like everybody on and came on. from racing. Even Jeremy Jones, yep. snowboarder, came from racing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's, but really what all that, the, what the fundamentals of racing, it just teaches you how to make a turn, how to like angulate your body, how to angulate your, you know, how to get on edge, how to like drive forward, how to like, you know, so the, the racing, it really just comes down to really just like skiing and maybe skiing aggressively, but more just, like, it's really about turning, like, and you have to be able to make a good turn, and then with big mountain skiing, the way it really, like, why does that really, like, translate well is because it's kind of similar in a way of, like, you're in a Super G course, and you're mocking, and you're number 73rd, and you've got this monster rut to deal with, and you come out of turn 17, and you're just, like, holding on, and it's shunder, and if you're in the back seat, and if your hands are low, or if you're yeah. on both skis, you're done, you yeah. know, and, or if you're on uphill skis. So you have to, like, have this, like, be ready for the gnar when you're kind of, you know, going for it, and it'll, it teaches you to make a good turn, but it also teaches you to kind of, like, deal with stuff as it comes, and... And in it like a challenging way and in big mountain skiing it's like it's just a race against speed you're just I mean that's what I find about I'm just like trying to like keep myself from just going to nuclear speed because like it's just a matter of time before it happens how long can you control your speed before you have to just let go and like ride it out and when you're riding it out if if you're not like trained and ready and like know how to like operate at that like level of skiing and then something could can really bite you easily and not that it doesn't happen even if you have that i've had plenty of outruns where i've over you know over bit off more than i could chew and just blown up on an outrun or two 
Um, but I feel like, yeah, the racing just comes down to fundamentals of making a turn. And, and these days it's kind of rad because, like, you could be in a free ride program. And as long as the, like, as long as the coaching or as long as the people or, you, or maybe have that, like, okay, we're going to work on our turns now. We're going to work right. on, like, how to, it's not just all about, like, how to make a 360 happen. or So I don't know, like, what level of, you know, I, I think the free ride coaching kind of varies from trying to get kids into like the kind of big mountain events and in that way they probably are working on that kind of stuff because they know that mm-hmm. so i don't think you have to have that like racing fundamental anymore necessarily but you have to have the same elements that yeah. teaches yeah. you and so um i was a horrible racer you know i like grew up at targi it was like super soft snow training was it was just always like we were like scraping power <laughs> the races they would be so hard and so icy and I was just like oh yeah so scared and I wasn't cut out for it you know but it taught me how to make a good turn so yeah. it didn't really matter that I was a crappy racer <laughs> like Laguerre like he was a pretty good racer like and he's just still a great big mountain skier you know so yeah. it's, it's but it's just because he learned how to make a good turn yeah. knows how to use it knows when to use it and I still forget man I still those fundamentals like I mean even just couple of years ago having like big crash in alaska like i just kind of got scared got to the point where i was just like oh no this isn't gonna work and my body wasn't in the right position and i maybe could have pulled out of it had i just like stuck with that like hands forward yeah. racing coach guy like hands up but instead my hands were down and it was over you know so. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see i think if you know for fast forward 10 years 15 years if it, if if you're right that we'll have some phenomenal um, big mountain skiers who did come up from like free ride programs, and or if in fact we'll still see, People I guess that's the question. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. know. I don't know the answer. Yeah, totally. But and some guy. I mean, there's yeah, there's some dudes that are like World Cup level that are still into like big mountain skiing that are really good. Like the Travis Ganong. He's yeah. Like, Right, you know, totally. He's like loves skiing, all mountain skiing, and so he's like a dude that, yeah, who knows? He might pull like a Ralphs or a Nobis, <laughs> where he's just like done with racing and just starts like big mountain, like professional big mountain skiing <laughs> right into it. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> so it could. There's still, but places, places like that for you know to happen. But. I think it's super interesting. You said that you think about the fundamentals. Like I know, like I'm nowhere near the skier that you are, but I. Th- definitely I'm on runs I'm like okay like really think about that outside edge or that inside edge like make sure you have it make sure I get my hands up at that turn because I know I'm gonna have to have that balance do you do that too at yeah. your level oh man exactly think about because that stuff totally huh. totally and I think it's super important because there's really like not it's, it's pretty simple yeah it's like you said it's outside ski angulation it's like basically not getting like scared and into the back seat right yeah the, whether that's hands feet body whatever huh. mind you know and you i always just assume guys at your level were just like i'm gonna make a turn there and it works i mean there's definitely times when it's just automatic yeah. and i don't think about it and there's yep. plenty of times when yeah. it does and when i'm early season when i'm just skiing making runs i'm like working on my turns i love it it feels great huh. like or when conditions aren't that great, and it's just like, oh, I'm just going to fly down some groomers yeah. in the northwest and just go fast, and I'm just going to work on turns. This is going to be awesome. I feel, you know, I like, I imagine that I'm a racer. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm leggedy. Look at this. <laughs> my angulation. In my mind, I'm just, like, laying on the ground oh, in real life. Same I'm, thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 
favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's cool to. So I still do that all for sure, and I think it's important to kind of give those reminders. And huh, interesting. And yeah, there's times when it, I wasn't reminded enough or didn't, huh. and got got back and got paid for it. You know? <laughs> um, you have twins. Yeah. Um, kids and skiing. Yeah. I have to do. Uh, I I gotta do this for a friend. Uh, my friend Jamie Autumn Bob. Uh, she's a huge fan of yours, and uh, so one, um, I said that I would say hi f uh, from from Jamie Autumn Bob, um, but she and her husband Nate, my very good friends of mine, um, we do these we car carpool a lot of weekends um, uh, up to Taos when we're going skiing, and we're talking about all this you know life stuff, and so, but the the kids question has come in as as you know, they're going over that question, you know, kids and Jamie's super worried about like, yeah, that seems great. But like the freedom to ski and this, keep this kind of skiing lifestyle that, you know, they're in a good spot, you know, they just did three weeks in Japan and, and that kind of thing. And so the question from Jamie, uh, you know, was she's worried that kids are going to cut, uh, a little too deeply into the the skiing lifestyle and she wondered if you might have any any thoughts on this uh basically i think she honestly wants you to tell her whether she should have kids or not well she's hopefully figured out by this time in her life that life's about balance and uh everything is balance you know and and having kids is definitely gives you like a real like quick you know into that like how much the balance is and uh yeah go for it i think it's great i mean you get to ski your whole life and you get to bring you know it's only a few years that um like you when your kid's an infant it's definitely hard um yeah. i still skied every day pretty much this winter you know once we had help come to the house during the <laughs> midday so mm -hmm. i was i was buying lift tickets as i put it um <laughs> but uh yeah, I think it's, I mean, I feel like I'm just that much more excited to, like, bring my kids, take my kids skiing someday and, and get them into it and share that experience with them. And um, so, I mean, I feel like, yeah, it definitely is, like, a little harder. I skied maybe a little less while, like, while I, well, before I got hurt there, mm -hmm. while my kids were infants, but it's, they're only infants for so long, and yeah. they get, grow up quick, and so, yeah, it's gonna cut into your time a little bit, you, you can't be, you don't just get to do what you want all the time, but you get to balance your life a little bit more, yeah, structurally. Do you think it'll change your risk acceptance at all? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe yes and no i don't i already feel like i have a pretty good risk assessment kind of protocol so i don't feel like that changes much really it's i kind of already am like and maybe you know like last year in alaska i didn't have kids yet but they were like coming any day basically <laughs> and yeah i guess it was something that i thought about a little more maybe i was a little more cautious but it was more just like i just sort of felt i didn't feel right about it and so i didn't really feel that much different than any other year of saying yes or no, kind of. Mm -hmm. I mean, f and frankly, it I mean, sounds like a good... I mean, we don't want people getting hurt or killed yeah. in mountains, and so if that is something that ups that level of 
I'm not feeling right about it, or I'm going to draw five yeah, more exactly. slough lines in Photoshop. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I feel it, it probably... Just continuing along the, the sort of the style <clears throat> that I already feel good about, and when it's the right time to push a little bit more, then you'll know, and if it's mm-hmm. plenty of time, and I just take it easy. I mean, that's what I, I feel like. I just, I ski mellow a lot. I just... I love just going skiing, and I think that that's what's great about skiing is that, like, almost on any level, it's kind of you get the yeah. same feeling, and mm. and it doesn't take. I mean, like the all this stuff, like Alaska stuff, it's scary. Like I'm like, you know, it's it's like full mind body like focus experience like overtakes you. It's stressful. Don't sleep very good at night. It's hard and. And it's awesome, amazing things happen, and, you know, so I like to just take it easy and just go ski for fun a lot, too. And I think that, yeah, I kind of just keep that going. Mm-hmm. And Northwest Express Lift is a pretty good... Exactly. It's what we keep is bringing... It right so yeah, fun. we skied it today. It's, it's a just, short window today, but it was awesome. Right, by the time it was so it was like, had to get... It's cold in the morning, it's yeah, frozen. It's pretty, but pretty the groomers yeah. back there are amazing. Hmm. Because so there's like a couple big, like you just you'll never see another soul on them. Like there's like five, only like five groomers, and they kind of maybe even a couple of them split. And I just feel like, and they're like kind of like race tracks. Like there's yep. sort of like lots of off camber, awesome like, rolls where you can just exactly <laughs> do like you can either go like where it's like an off camber like angular, or it's on and you can just like slice over it. It's there, and it's even better early season. Uh, I love early season. There's more terrain. So I was making airplane noises. I was yeah. yelling, screaming, singing, whistling. Over yeah, the so it was very fun. I love it out there. <laughs> You know, you always find little ways to just push yourself. It doesn't always have to be, like, almost dying. Seems like a great hill for that. Bachelor yeah. seems like an awesome place for, like, just getting out and having fun. Yeah. Just being any day, yeah, anytime. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like about yeah. it. And, yeah, there's plenty of, like, technical challenges, you know. But it's more like wind lips, like mm-hmm. gapping wind lips. And those are the biggest risks of Bachelor, <laughs> really, are, like, coming up short on, a on like, a gap thing. <laughs> it's, like, wind lip to wind lip, but... <laughs> I could see that. Um, your future. Yeah. You're 36 now. 37. 37. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Do you sp- first question? Do you spend much time thinking about, if not like what's next in the sense of next week, you know, next month, but when you th- fast forward 10 years, 15 years from now. You spend much time thinking. Yeah, I kind of like, kind of wonder sometimes. Uh-huh. I wonder, like, wow, what am I? What's it gonna be? What am I yeah. like? Um, and I f- sort of see, like, I don't know. You guys know how it is. You get older, you don't really feel that much older. Right. And uh, so it's like, wow. I guess yeah, thirty-seven. Wow. All right, that was quick. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm still learning, still, still doing my best, still working hard, still feeling good, still have stuff to do out there and um so i think that yeah what i i sort of see the trajectory is that i've had so much great experience within the ski industry that i won't be doing it at the level of the pro ski athlete in tgr movies forever and I, that's just reality and there's always some avenue that either you invent yourself or a new avenue that you 
you know, a new avenue to take. And skiing's a life lifetime sport, yep. so it's like I don't really see that changing. And uh, yeah, the getting gnarly stuff, getting less gnarly, but still having a good time, and still, you know, it's kind of all a matter of perspective of like what that, you know, I guess like the you know kind of mount, ski mountaineering stuff. I sort of dabble in that area a little bit. There's such amazing mountains here that, like, with the sisters, and there's some really cool stuff you can do. Like, I'd love to do, like, a traverse and hit all, like, the north-facing lines on, you know, in, like, four days on all four mountains and Mm -hmm. stuff like that where there's just, yeah, it's not, like, some exotic crazy thing, but it's something I've never done, and it's pushing me, and, you know, you got that would athletically be pushing me in a yeah. direction just to be that fit. Yeah. People have done that in like a day, but I think I'd rather kind of take a couple days, do the camp, like move camp. And cause there's some really cool, like steep lines on, on broken top. Even South yeah. sister has a short, but steep, like kind of East Northeast face. Um, and then middle sister has some cool stuff. North sisters monster has some huge lines on it. So, um, there's so much to do in skiing. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, something will work out. I'm not too worried. And, yeah. Um, and then even with like entertainment, it's sort of the same thing. It's like now, I mean, whatever, 15 years ago, it was like the only way to be a pro skier was to be in a TGR movie or whatever, you know, be with a film company. And, and now it's just with media being so much more spread out. Um, media, you know, there's, and just so much more creation that you can do with media and that it's not all just about like a TGR movie right. and at all and yeah exactly so I feel like one of the skills that I've really learned and uh, you know kind of production side of things working with TGR working so long I think that's what's different with maybe with skiing versus like I don't know rock climbing or something is that like it's all about the production of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, like, I'm going to go do my thing, and these guys are going to capture it. But it's sort of like, no, like, we're going to work together to capture this thing that I do. Like, whereas, like, rock climbing sort of had this, maybe they're, you know, some guys have kind of, I'm doing my thing. If you guys capture it, whatever. Like, <laughs> what are you going to, you know? <laughs> and um, we're in so much more, like, just a part of the whole production that, you think about it. I mean, I think about so much more when, so I go up and I'm like, okay, where can we put an LZ? Barbie could go over there. Um, let's see how many, we could, we're this, how long before fuel run? Okay. We can do three runs and then we got to probably get fuel. And I'm like thinking like a guide. I'm thinking like an athlete. I'm thinking like a producer. I'm thinking like a filmer. You know, it's, and, and that's just to, so that we can all like, get the job done the best we can and I've had experience in all those places at least a little bit and so yeah we have a guide and we have a filmer but I'm going to talk to the, them as soon as they get there and be like hey this is what I'm thinking what are you thinking and and so because of that there's a lot of opportunity to branch out in some other ways as well and I love storytelling and video production and so maybe the future will take me down that path a little bit more maybe the you know taking people out and showing them a good time is, you know, that's, I think that's some one thing I love about skiing. That's one thing I love about, I'm so excited about having kids. Is yeah. That like, it's so fun to ride that sweet mountain bike trail, but what's even better is when you get to bring your buddy to that mountain bike trail. You know, that's kind of what life is all about. It's like showing, 
sharing that experience. So I enjoy like pushing people, taking them out of their element a little bit, and showing them a good time. So I was like, wow, man, maybe who knows? Maybe maybe guiding could be in my future. It's pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, it is awesome to show people like the best day of their life. And yeah. It just blows their minds. Right, you might get them scared a little bit. Oh, it's it's great watching them get a little scared and you know, knowing they're going to be okay, but they're not sure. <laughs> That's great. Pretty special. I can see you being awesome at that. Yeah, so. I think you're going to be just fine. Not too worried. <laughs> I think you should you got work. the ranch. You got the... Yeah, you can always fall back on the ranch. <laughs> I might just <clears throat> I might just disappear and start garden, you know, farming. I don't know. We'll see. Seems like alpaca farming is pretty popular. Yeah. yeah just, absolutely, we, we did. We want some alpacas. <laughs> Are you, like, seriously? Yeah, look. We got alpacas all over this room. Oh, probably. man. Pretty useful thing to have around. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yes, we'll, please do. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we were very fired up to see the alpacas I, come. We stop. We just will drive by sometimes and pull over for alpaca therapy, we call it. Yep, alpaca therapy. And just pull over and just look at them for a little while. <laughs> to, 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 in, in case we were, you're confused at this point, uh, <laughs> to get out to uh, to the ranch, uh, you you pass a uh, pretty sweet alpaca farm, and yeah. we were... We were marveling, and so yes, it's like hundreds of alpacas. <laughs> it's it's kind of like they shave them to look extra cute. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> like, it's not accidental that they look like that. That's just how they shave them. <laughs> um, we should let you get going soon. So um, let me try to uh, to wrap with a couple um, couple final questions. But um, um, the future of skiing. Um. Hopefully there is one. Hopefully there is one. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the first. I, I ask every time I've asked that question of of different folks, that's the first response. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, there will be probably not. just for how long? For how long? I don't I mean who knows, man. That's yeah. But, I mean things things are clearly changing. Things have changed, and you know that it's interesting because. It's it's definitely weirder, I find, than yeah. I noticed that. Like, it's just, like, in a way, it's, like, more volatile. Like, it just used to be easier. It used to be easier. You just go to Alaska, and it's going to be sick up there. Now it's like, well, it rained to the every... It rained to 15,000 feet in <laughs> February. So now we have this rain event, and then it, yeah. it just, like, weird stuff happens now where you used to just be able to deal with, like... This, you know, when you're looking at snowpack consistency and like yep. you know e- equal stability, sort of, mm-hmm. and inconsistencies ends up usually kind of leading to instability. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's harder now. It's harder to nail the, the nail yeah. it as far as we you know conditions <clears throat> that are good, safe, yeah. and you're there, and yeah. you know all the kind of stars aligning that has to happen for. You know, especially like film skiing, you know, it's like you got it has to be sunny, it has to mm-hmm. be super stable because you're skiing above a cliff. It has yeah. to, you know, if you're just going out skiing for just fun, yeah, it's a lot easier than mm-hmm. to find something to do despite the kind of so. We'll so see what happens. So definitely weirdness in terms of weather. That part's obvious. Um, in terms of just trends that you're seeing, I mean, you've talked obviously about we're seeing this. Um, I don't know, democratization of media, right? Yeah. Like it's, we're producing media in new and different ways. And I mean, been a, seems like a fairly quick change on that front. Yeah. 
But just in terms of other trends, um, I, and I, I guess I don't know how to ask the question because I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious if, if you're like, man, five years from now, we're going to be seeing more of this or five to 10 years from now. I, I have a strong hunch that, and I don't yeah. know how, how, how to complete that sentence, yeah. but I wanted to. I don't know. I guess what I, what I see mostly is, I don't know, I look to the youth a lot to see kind of what's going on and what they're into. Um, and over the last few years, um, relatability to skiing, you know, uh, big mountain skiing becomes pretty unrelatable to a lot of people. Um, unless you're doing it, unless you're pursuing it, unless you're like excited about it, and then then people kind of get that. In. And I so I think that's it's kind of cool. I, I guess say the urban or just yeah. whatever you want to call it, the kind of newer park stuff. It's much more accessible for people, and it was going in this direction of just like gnarlier, gnarlier, gnarlier stunts kind of. And in the last like. I mean, it's been going on for a good while now, probably five years. There's definitely been this, like, people just showing this, like, playful side of it, more creative side of it, where there's still pretty gnarly stuff <laughs> yeah. because it's, like, they're linking up. But it's less about just, like, one level gnarly or yeah. ten more rail or stairs, you know, on the rail or one more kink on the rail. And now it's more like, well, this is just a tiny rail, but I'm going to, like, do this wall ride, and then I'm going to ride this tiny rail, and then I'm going to do this re-entry on this other wall or whatever. And, yeah. So I found it to be, while that wasn't skiing, that I was sort of super, like, relatable to me necessarily because I didn't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, there was a time when I rail slid and did some urban missions and stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> once I left all that, it was, that skiing was, like, less relatable, but then I related to it because it was so creative. And I thought it was so, it was like, skiing was more about having fun. And so in some of the trends, I sort of dig that it's just like that there's this, this element of this like playful, sloppy, sort of like loose skiing. And then sometimes it like super bothers me. Like, oh, my God, these guys can't even make a turn. And like seriously winded, like sit laying back and dragging your hands in the snow and like doing sort of a two foot nose butter into the back seat again like become cool like <laughs> but then but I just but I can't like hate on it because I love that it's just about having fun yeah. and I just like to have fun skiing and they're like looking at it skiing in a new creative way and pushing it in a new way and it's not about just getting one level gnarlier so hmm. so I dig it I, I like it hmm. um, and you know then there's like the you know the like tech like comp scene and that's like a whole nother like kind of do I roll my eyes or do I like does my jaw drop kind of thing you know like and at some point I'm same thing it's like wow this is amazing um the level of like flips and tricks and stuff and the precision is like so mind-boggling and you know you really see the athletic prowess of so many dudes but then it just becomes like one yeah. thing harder so it's cool to see like dudes like Henrik Harlow who's like who's at that level but also just really brings it with the positivity and the like it being fun and for him like to have fun it is like a triple cork nose butter you know 1260 and so but and he's doing it he's not just doing it to like just chuck him himself but he's doing it because it's like he can make it look cool and it is really fun and flowy for him and so i love seeing that that is that it's not just like sort of 
just getting tech and tech and tech more, you know, it's mm-hmm. like bigger, yep. more, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, so I think it's cool that like all this stuff's going on in skiing and, and people still love big mountain skiing and love, you know, the all mountain skiing. And I think it's just this like thing that as the skiers kind of age too, they sort of, that's a sort of natural progression is I can't wait to see like what some of these dudes that are like so good at tricks now, like as they start to push themselves and get better and you know, the mountains can, can kind of bring to that level and mm-hmm. that, that place as well. I mean, it is hard and dangerous. So there is a, like a, maybe some sort of like point that's like, that is not going to, you might not see a guy do like a triple cork 1080 off of like a natural wind lip in the middle of a spine line or something that just might not be possible, but you never know. Yeah. These dudes might. And I feel like in a way, like if you're, these guys that come from this like park background, if they can learn how to make a good turn, if they, if they can learn how to make a good arc or recover or save themselves from the gnar, then they can like learn how to ski, you know, in the, powder and in the mountains pretty quickly in some ways i mean it takes experience it takes mm-hmm. time for sure but um and it kind of depends on like the, the angle as the angle gets steeper the less you can do freestyle wise but it's cool to see like sammy carlson for instance who's like been in a you know the basically like can do all the tricks like yeah. you know and and now is less interested in competitions and more interested in all mountain skiing and as he kind of gets better at big mountain skiing which i know he loves to do is like how does he bring that in and so yeah it'll be co- cool to see kind of what happens i think it probably you know if you think it can't get any more gnarly or sicker or more creative then you're you're living in the dark <laughs> probably just continually will well you've set a pretty high bar i would say <laughs> uh for uh for some of these folks to uh big mountain skiing is sort of timeless that's what's pretty cool about it like it, it sort of stands up to a lot, a lot of time like you put in an old movie like you watch kent kreitler seg from and the lines are like damn if i had that in my seg this year i'd be pumped you know and, <laughs> and then like the then some like rail seg comes on and you're just laughing at how antiquated it seems you know so um it's yeah, it's cool that like Big Mountain is sort of like yeah. I mean, there are definitely people have pushed like beyond what people did at that time, you know, in those early days of it. But there's still a lot of it as far as like just lines goes, like yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, quick question: What were you studying in college before you got dragged off to uh, yeah, to fine Utah? art? Fine art. Yeah. <laughs> I was out, yeah, I think that art was definitely something that I was like super into and I was like on the fine art transfer program. So I was going to a community college here in Bend, but I was gonna transfer to like U of O or something in mm-hmm. my head, but I really wasn't I wasn't like my heart wasn't in it, you know. I was just doing it to do something. Mm-hmm. And I was glad that I did, I glad that I like had a little bit of that experience. But uh, yeah, two years in I was like yeah, that's when I kind of moved to Utah. And yeah, chase chase the dream there. And, <laughs> different different art medium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Final question: What's the best question I haven't asked you? Oh boy, I mean, yeah, it's about the farm, the family, you know, 
Injury, skiing, life, huh? history. I think we, we Good went. Good job, Jonathan. You, <laughs> no, we you definitely asked you to I feel this. like, yeah, I definitely yeah. wanted to be talk about the fam because that's definitely something. Yeah. How that's influenced it's me. And yeah, it's, it's been around. I mean, yeah, and having twins has been so, it's been really hard and so cool. And, and they're like, now they're a year old. And so things are really just kind of, we're just getting into the swing of things where. At first, it was just so much work that you're just sort of blinded by the, like, like, wow, what am I doing? And and then you kind of get a routine, get things figured out, and, and now they're, like, so interactive and so cool. It's just, like, I'm psyched. Like, I go to bed, like, oh, I can't wait to wake up and hang out with them. <laughs> That's cool. Louie and Zara get to hang with them. But, so, yeah. That's cool. I'll, we'll add that part in. We'll make sure Jamie hears that part too. Yeah, exactly. They get excited to wake up the next day. So, yeah. and I like. Yeah, I would have thought that I would have been more jonesing about skiing, like after getting hurt in February, you know, and missing basically. I didn't do any filming other than like my own personal stuff, and I would. I was like, oh, this is gonna be so. People were just like, oh, it's gonna, be, you know, so hard and mentally and. Yeah, because of the kids, it's not been hard at all. Like, I don't even really... It's just been like, all right, cool, well, I'm just going to focus on healing up and taking care of yeah. them and getting better. Yeah. So. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun. Sweet. Yeah, yeah likewise. I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Yeah, I look forward to... How, when, do you think you're, when do you think you're 100%? Uh, August. Okay. So yeah. prime time for South America. Chile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm planning to do a little trip. So Excellent. A little, little comeback trip. Excellent. Just to go skiing and take it easy. But well, dude, this uh, is I great, do. and we'll we're gonna be watching, and we'll uh, <laughs> all be, right. be psyched to see you uh, back on snow in August, and uh, all good stuff, man. Appreciate the time. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cheers. That's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Thanks again to Sage for the hospitality and the conversation, and to our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob, whose favorite number is four, his favorite color is green, maybe, and his favorite animal is, and I quote, there are many cool animals, but I've always liked orangutans. So there you go. Till next time, head over to blisterreview.com to see our latest bike and ski reviews. Leave us a rating in iTunes if you like what you're hearing here. And we will catch you next time on the Blister Podcast.